scripture reading today comes from Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Hear the word of the Lord. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Thanks be to God. Well, Happy New Year's, Harvest South Bay. Um, today is actually the very final Sunday in 2020, which means that this crazy, extreme year is finally closing. This morning, I want to share a message called um, 2021, A Year of Influence. And it's just an encouragement for all that God might have for you and also for our church. So let me approach it this way. I don't know how many of us can recall the BlackBerry. It was sort of the very first step into the world of of smartphones. And for me, at least, um, this all came about when I was near the end of my, my college years. I recall we had this friend who, he always seemed like he was just one step ahead of the rest of us, and, and he was the first to, to get this BlackBerry. I just remember how we were all in awe of how he could check his email on his phone, because none of us could do that at the time. And I distinctly remember how he would have this stylus, and every so often you would see him just mysteriously scribbling these, these deep, important thoughts into his cell phone, and that's just sort of who he was. He was a little bit more sophisticated than the rest of us. He, he just seemed to just have his stuff together. And you can imagine how surprised I was when he says to me one day how sad he is about this phone. Like, what do you mean you're sad? Um, you're all world, right? What could you possibly be disappointed about? And he says, you know, I, I just think it's sad that I have this phone that can do all these things except actually make phone calls, I guess with this early version of the BlackBerry, it it had this glitch where if you had too many apps on at the same time, it would just drain all the batteries and so you couldn't actually make phone calls. And so I remember him saying, it's just tragic that I have this phone that doesn't do what it was actually designed to do. And I think here's a hard truth. There are parallels to the Christian life. When if we're to look back upon our life and we can't think of a certain, of any person that we've actually invested in. We can't even say that we've even attempted or tried. Um, There isn't a single person in our lives who's even glad that we're there. This isn't something that we should be okay with. Because our faith really is a life-changing thing. That we're down, we're never out because of Jesus Christ. No matter how far we've fallen, we have hope that we can always get back up because of Jesus Christ. So this morning, I want to share a passage with you where Jesus explains how we can be difference makers for him. And I want to share with you four qualities that Jesus gives us so that we can be influencers for Jesus Christ in 2021. So let's get to it. The very first quality that he shares with us that if we want to be influencers for Jesus in 2021, is that influence, number one, demands contrast. Um, If we want to be influencers for our faith, then we need to be different from everyone else. Look at how he leads off in verses 13 and 14. He says, you are the salt of this earth, 
you are the light of the world. And it seems that he chooses these two metaphors of salt and light because both bring this positive influence to the world. Obviously, in the ancient world, there, there were no such thing as refrigerators, so people would use salt instead to preserve their meat. Um, if you've ever been in your house at night and all the power gets cut off and suddenly you're engulfed in darkness, then you know how just one little candle can literally create a world of difference. And it seems to me that the one quality that allows salt and light to bring this positive influence to the world comes to the fact that both are different than the world around. Obviously, none of us go running at night wearing all black clothing because then you'd be no different in the darkness. You would just blend into the shadows and I might get hit by a car. No one can see me because I look just like the dark. No one wears all black at night when they go running. Obviously, when you're eating food that's tasteless, that's very bland, none of us call for a pitcher of water and we just dump it all over our food. We, we want something that would make our food taste different. What allows salt and light to bring a positive influence to our lives is because they're different. Which leads me to my first question for this morning's message. How about us? Are you living in a way that's a contrast to the people around you? Um, Am I living in a way that's different than the rest of the world? Well, what does it mean to be different for Jesus Christ? Um, I recall when I was in college at the University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana, there was this old man who used to come out to our quad, which is where all our classes were, at least once a week. We called him Mad Max because he always looked mad. And Here's a picture of him I found on the internet, and it perfectly captures how I picture him in my mind some 20-odd years ago. He was always holding a Bible in one hand because he was a believer, and his other hand would, would have this finger in the air. And, and what he would do next is he would come up to people and he would literally put his finger in their face and he'd start shouting at them, do you want to go to hell? Do you want to burn for all of eternity? Do you need to believe in Jesus? And you can imagine, it, it never seemed to go quite well. People would, would blow up. They would lose their temper and start shouting back at him. Um, others would ridicule him openly. Most seemed to avoid him. When they would see him coming, they would start to walk a little bit more quickly. They were trying to avoid all interactions with him if they could help it. And surely this couldn't have been what Jesus meant when he called us to be different for him. To have the opposite of effect. Instead of drawing people to Christ, we just end up repelling them. So what does it mean? It's a very important question. What does it mean to live in a way that's different for Jesus Christ? I think the best way to find the answer is to look at what Jesus was actually talking about. Because it seems that this teaching about salt and light is in the middle of this teaching that he's giving us when he was really talking about the Beatitudes in verses 1 through 12. If you want really in-depth, excellent, awesome teaching on the Beatitudes, then look back on this webpage about a month for Elder Willis Shue, who's the chair of our board, who just gave this incredible message about the Beatitudes. But if I were to sum up what the Beatitudes were, I would say that they're just contours of love. 
when a person um, really is trying to love God, when a person out of their love for God, they choose to love other people, these Beatitudes describe these elements that begin to show up in our lives. And these Beatitudes, of course, were what Jesus was talking about when he began talking about salt and light. Let me just share with you a few of these elements, um, these Beatitudes, these things that show up in our lives when we're trying to love God and we're trying to love his people. Number one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Um, These qualities that begin to emerge in our lives when we're genuinely trying to love God and because of God, we're trying to love other people. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. That's verse 12 and, of course, verse 13. You are the salt of this earth. What does it mean to be different for Jesus? It means to just love God so much in your life. It means because of God that you choose to love people so lavishly that you just start to look different from everyone else. That when people, they see clearly that you really do care for them, they begin to wonder to themselves, you're, you're not from here, are you? That you're just different than everyone else. Paul in 2 Corinthians 2 describes our faith as, as this fork in the road. It says, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And here it is, the fork in the road. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. As we get ready for this year that's literally right around the corner, is Jesus obvious in the way that you live your life? In the way that I'm approaching life, do people see that maybe there's another option to life in this world, that that they don't have to do life the way the world tells them to, that maybe there's another option, that, that there's something better waiting for them if only they would let Jesus be part of their lives. Jim Elliott, the famous missionary who eventually becomes a martyr, he records this prayer for his own life that I wanted to share with you. Father, make of me a crisis man. Bring those I contact with to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ and me. And that's what we're talking about this fine Sunday morning. May none of us in this upcoming year just fade into the background so that people don't even know that we're actually even there. But Lord, allow all of us here in Harvest South Bay to make a difference in somebody's life for Jesus Christ's name. Well, there's a second quality that Jesus gives us and how we can be influencers for our faith um, in 2021. Number two, influence demands purity in our faith. Look what he says next in verse 13. He says, you are the salt of this earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And here, this is where some people balk because if Jesus is warning us that just like salt, we can lose its taste, 
then how is that even possible if we know that it's very difficult for salt to actually lose its taste? Um, If you recall from high school chemistry, the table of periodic elements, that NaCl or sodium chloride, um, which is salt, it's already in its elemental form. And so it's actually very difficult to reduce salt even more than its basic form. In reality, it's very difficult for salt to actually lose its taste. So then, if you know the facts of life, what did Jesus mean when he's warning us as believers that just like salt, we can lose our taste? Well, we have to understand that Jesus probably wasn't talking about Morton's salt because that would come thousands of years later. But he's probably referring to how salt was created in the ancient world. You see, the way salt was harvested in the ancient world was you would go to these salt marshes and people would retrieve salt water and they would just wait for the liquid to dry out. And what you'd be left with was a salty mixture, which is just a mixture of salt and all these different elements. And here was what Jesus was talking about when he said that this salty mixture could actually lose its taste. That if you were to leave the mixture outside and it would begin to rain, what the rain could very easily do is either it would mix in with that mixture and dilute the salt, or it would just completely wash the salt away. And all you'd be left with was this gravel that no one really knew quite what to do with it, so they would just throw it underfoot and walk over it. How does salt lose its taste? Through mixture or impurity. And here's the point that Jesus warns us of when he says, just like salt, we can lose our taste. How does a believer lose their influence in this world? Through mixture or impurity in their faith. What I'm learning um, from my own personal life is that in many ways the key to a satisfying and and a wonderful Christian faith is not removal, but replacement. Because if my primary aim in life is to not sin, which is, it's a good aim. There's value in that. But I'm not going to think complaining thoughts anymore. My primary aim is I'm not going to hate other people, which is good. I'm I'm not going to think lustful thoughts anymore. That's good. But very easily, that can be something that's done without Christ and by our own strength. But it's powerless because we can't sustain it without Christ. But in many ways, what I'm learning in my own personal life is that the key to just this Christian life, the way it was always meant to be, is not removal, but to take it one step further, replacement. That if you would let God love you in your life, that if you would choose to stay connected to him, then the rest is just a piece of cake. Did you ever notice that when you're genuinely trying to pursue God, that it's so much harder to hate other people? That when you're letting God love you, that it's so much easier to let go of grudges. That the key to the Christian life is not just removal, but to take it a step further to replace it with the love of Christ. But what happens when we cut off our connection with God and our lives begin to be characterized by materialism or greed or or lust or hatred or unforgiveness, 
when you start to just chase after the same things that everyone else chases after, when our lives begin to look identical to everyone else's, when we're haunted by all these demons, when we let all these things mix in with our faith enough, here's a hard truth. What happens sometimes is there's so little left over that we really don't have anything to share with anyone else. Here's my next question for you as we get ready for 2021. What about you? Have you let anything into your personal life that's choking out the life within you? Is there anything going on that's compromising that life of love that you were meant to shine before others? Really, when Jesus warns us that we can lose our taste as believers, it's a call to self-examination. Have you let anything into your life that's just diluting the faith that Jesus has given you to shine before others. You see, if we want to be influencers for Jesus Christ, there needs to be purity in your faith. Well, there's a third quality that Jesus gives us if we want to be influencers for Jesus Christ. He tells us that influence demands engagement. Isn't that exactly what he says next in verses 14 to 15? He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, it gives light to all in the house. He's really talking about engagement. If you think about it, salt is at its most effective point when you place it on food that completely lacks taste, that's bland. Um, Light, if you think about it, is really only effective if it's lit in these dark and shadowy places, that what allows salt and light to bring a positive influence to the world is engagement. I recall in the early 2000s, maybe many of you remember this as well, there was this Christian book that came out called um, Out of the Salt Shaker. It was this book about evangelism. And the whole idea was is that if we wanted to make a difference in this world, then we needed to get out of the salt shaker. The analogy is that if we have this brilliant Himalayan rock salt that creates these like amazing bursts and pops of flavor when we season our meat with it, as brilliant as this Himalayan rock salt is, it does nothing for our meats as long as it's in the shrink wrap. It's untouched and unopened and tucked away, hidden in some cupboard somewhere. If we want to make a difference as believers, the book said, we need to get out of the salt shaker. And then it took it a step further. It was a bit of a generalization. It's not always true. But what the book was saying is there is a trend at times where believers get stuck in our holy huddles where we come to church and we get built up on Sundays, which is good. But where the train gets off the tracks is there's a trend at times where believers in the six days between each Sunday, where from Monday to Saturday, they by and large ignore everyone in their lives. Where the book is saying that if we want to make a difference, then we need to get out of our salt shaker. The, the people that make our coffee, the baristas in the morning, the people that sit on our teams in our office, our coworkers, our, our um, classmates at school, the people inside our houses, if we want to make a difference, we need to get out of the salt shaker. 
And you know, at least for me, and I'm sure for many people in the world, the, the apprehension in, in involving ourselves, engaging with other people, is because I know that people can be messy sometimes. That um, all the drama that comes if you get in too deep into someone else's life, um, all the misunderstandings and the hurtful experiences that can come when we dive into those doors in people's lives. Um, how if you form the wrong connections with people, they can drag you into these political fights and you find yourself in the middle of this battle that you never asked to be part of in the first place, that the reluctance at times to get involved with other people's lives, is, it's just too messy, it's, it's just too draining and enervating. But I thought of this this past week, and I was personally convicted by this, that salt is really only effective when you think about it, when it's placed into tasteless places. That light really only has value when it's lit in dark and shadowy places. And could it be that for at least a few of us that in this upcoming year of 2021, that God is going to call us into dramatic and messy and political fights? I thought of how could we apply this teaching on being salt and light to this world. And I came up with a few applications. If we're not praying for anyone regularly in our lives, are we still in the salt shaker? If there isn't a single person that we can point to in our lives, whether it's school or work or even in our homes, that we're actually engaging with, we're not even trying or attempting to be a part of their life. Have we just been reduced to a light that's hidden under a basket? Is God putting anyone on your heart for this upcoming year of 2021 to make a difference in their lives for Jesus Christ? Well, there's one last quality that I wanted to share with you today about how we can be influencers for Jesus Christ. Number four, I call it whenever, wherever, especially in pain. Because I, I wonder if the, the resistance to this kind of teaching is we say to ourselves, well, I don't really have those kinds of relationships with other people. Because the way we picture it is the only way we could actually have that kind of influence on someone else is, is someone is just going through a lot, whether in our families or at school or at work. And so they approach us one day and they say, can we talk? Can we have lunch? And so you say, sure. And you sit down with them and, and they just start opening up and telling you everything that's going on. And, and then you have this opportunity to tell them, well, Jesus can make a difference. And you say, but I just don't have those kinds of relationships with other people. So even though I want to be a good influence for Jesus, I, I don't see how that's realistic. Can I encourage you with this? In my last 30 years as a believer, that's only happened to me like maybe two or three times total. Just the reality is, is that's not quite how life works. But what I see is that the way these opportunities God gives us happens are usually in these unexpected moments when we're unprepared. We're, we're not necessarily looking for it. We're not necessarily ready for it. That Those are the opportunities that God gives us with other people, which is why I call it whenever, wherever, especially in pain. Here's an example. Um, Chuck Colson, he leads a rather colorful life. He 
passed away recently. But he started off as a politician, and, and in many ways, he started off in this extremely poor fashion. He's actually involved in the Watergate scandal under President Nixon. He gets caught, and they actually throw him into prison. But while he's in jail, he recommits his life to Christ. And despite um, how poor his beginning was, God completely turns his life around. He ends up founding the prison ministry. Before he passes, he literally writes 20 different books. Well, Chuck Colson's talking about how he starts getting invited to all these different parts of the world to, to be speakers um, for different conferences. And there was one time that he gets invited to Indonesia to be a conference speaker. And so he goes and they fly him out there. And if you've ever fl- flown internationally, you know that it's not always that easy to get out of the airport, that it can be hard. And so that's what happens to him. He, he finds himself in this packed airport and he can feel the tensions beginning to rise. Um, it's really hot outside. Um, he, he notices that everyone feels stuck. Nobody can quite move around. Um, the tensions are beginning to rise, and he feels it too. Like he needs to go and be this plenary speaker. But thankfully, logic rules the day, and he decides to control himself and not let his temper just erupt because he knows he's got to be this plenary speaker in, in just a few hours, and, and he doesn't want to be thinking about such things as he goes in to give his message. Well, eventually he does get out of the airport and um, the next few days goes just fine and he just kind of forgets about it for the next two years until one day, two years later, he gets this letter in the mail. It's from this lawyer from Indonesia. And he writes about how two years ago he was not a believer in Jesus Christ, but it seems his kids were getting older and he wanted them to have exposure to religion. And so what he did was he enrolled them in a Christian school. And one day when he was picking them up from school, some man hands him this book called Born Again, which of course is written by Chuck Colson. He sees Chuck Colson's picture on the back flat, but he's not a believer. He doesn't really care. So he just tosses it to the side and he doesn't give it another thought until one particular day, two years ago, when he sees and recognizes Chuck Colson at an airport in Indonesia. And here's what that lawyer writes in that letter to Chuck Colson. I watched you for 30 minutes. I was frustrated, tired, and hungry, but you were calm. I decided then whatever you had, I wanted it. And this is where it's crazy. So I went back home and read the book. I accepted Christ. And now my whole family since then has been baptized. And so this is how Chuck Colson concludes. He says, church, don't ever let your witness down. The most seemingly insignificant thing God can use as a witness. It's wherever, whenever, especially in pain. And can I say this? I know that there's at least a few of us, if not more, that are going through these very compromising situations in our personal lives whether it's something going on at school or work or even behind closed doors in our own homes. And it's not fair at all. And it hurts in many ways. Maybe some of us are experiencing these relationships that I describe as still under construction because they're not resolved in any way, shape, or form. There's still a long way to go. Can I say this? It's especially important how you choose to respond 
right now. Because it's especially when we're compromised and things are not going our way, when it's obvious we're not being treated fairly, that the way we respond will speak volumes to the world around you. Because it's whenever, wherever, especially in pain. So here are just three quick applications that I wanted to offer to you. Three challenges if you do feel God moving in your heart and you do want to make a difference for him in this upcoming year. Three quick challenges. Number one, make harvest your spiritual family. Because, you know, no person's an island. Um, Life is hard enough as it is, and now you throw in trying to make a difference for Jesus Christ. Make harvest your spiritual family. Um, this country is obviously going to start reopening more and more in the, in the next few months because two vaccines are out and more along the way. Um, come to these monthly outdoor services that we have. They're safe. Um, get more involved as opportunities begin to emerge. Um, come with the attitude that we're going to strengthen each other and we're going to build each other up in Christ so that you and I can be the best salt and light that we can possibly be for Jesus Christ. Number two, stay connected to God. Um, Do you ever look into the scriptures and it's just amazing how our hearts yearn for some of the things that we read therein. How there's these people that are incredible sinners, not just once or twice, but for decades, for their entire lives, but how they really do change. There's these people who, who just seem to completely lack character, who have terrible reputations, who have made all kinds of mistakes, but they really do change for Jesus Christ. But the commonality to all of these episodes is Jesus, which says something. What I learned from the scriptures is as long as Jesus is part of the context, there's always a chance that somebody's life could be changed forever as long as Jesus is part of the picture. So it makes sense to me that if we want to be influencers for Jesus, because God is laying someone on our hearts, then first and foremost, we need to stay connected to Jesus. And third and finally, my challenge to you and to me and to our church is to be salt and light. Can I challenge you in this way? If there is a name or a face that's rising in your mind in this very moment, I wanted to challenge you to give them all of 2021 in prayer. That if God is moving you to do this, that you will give them 365 prayers next year. One every single day of this year. That you will lift them up in prayer. What would it look like if you made a difference for Jesus Christ at work, at school, in your homes, in our church? I think maybe the most important commitment that we can make is the commitment of our souls. That if God is moving you to be a difference maker for him in this upcoming year, that you would give the Lord this upcoming year of 2021, that you will give him all of the days and watch and see how Jesus uses you to make a difference for his name in 2021. Well, let's pray. I just wanted to give you a few moments to pray in this final Sunday service of this year um, before we head into the next year.
Um, do you want that for this upcoming year? Do you want to make a difference for Jesus Christ at school, at work, at our church, in your homes? Then commit now. Give your heart to the Lord in this upcoming year so that he can work through you to make a difference for his name. Would you just take a moment to consider these things and a prayer?